Welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We believe that God is awakening a generation to revival, and we hope that this podcast encourages you to know that you are loved and that God wants to do extraordinary things for and through you. Welcome to the family. This evening we'll look at the cost, the steep cost that Jesus invites us into. And so he's going in the way, and the Bible says a man, a certain man, and we know from the, we know from the book of, of, of Mark that this was a, uh, this particular man was a scribe. What's a scribe do? He writes, but in, in, in Hebrew culture, what does he do? Write scripture, right? And so he translates uh, or uh, writes uh, what the rabbi uh, has him to write, what the teacher has him to write. And so a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And do you know that Jesus is looking for disciples? You know that this man knew that Jesus was looking for disciples? And as he was going, this man so knew that he goes up to him and says, Hey, I'll go with you. Wherever you go, I'll go with you. Sometimes, sometimes there are certain phrases, expressions that you want to hear, right? Like you want to hear a particular response from people. If you're a minister, you want to, um, you want to have some sort of response from the people, right? You want to have some sort of reaction when you come to some truth and you release it, right? You want somebody to acknowledge, oh yeah, that's good right? Sometimes we back the preacher because he needs to be back. Sometimes it's just truth bombs dropped on us. We're like, woo, that's good, right? And it's just a reaction. And so, and so Jesus is walking, and this man knows the reaction that Jesus wants, and he says, hey, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. And he starts, we're going to read the story of three men, three men that are going to give Jesus the words that he longs to hear. say what he once said. Do you know any sweet talkers? Sometimes, uh, sometimes, I think Drake calls it pillow talk. Um, I don't know, maybe my understanding of pillow talk is different than yours. Uh, but talking about, talking, about, talking about conversation, like pointed conversation, like saying words that mean something to the other person, right? Um, that speak to their heart, that minister to their heart. <clears throat> um, some people have different ways of, of, of expressing their... Um, they're words that are dripping with honey, right? Some people are just really persistent with it, right? Some people are really, it's okay to laugh too. It's okay to laugh too, like in, in you know, it's okay. So, um, so Ezra is really good at, um, at clothing his words in a persistent, needy kind of way, um, Daddy, I want some muffins, the chocolate ones. No, you need to eat your food first. Daddy, I want some muffins, the chocolate ones. Ezra, just go eat the chicken and 
without blinking an eye. You heard me. I'm serious. I want the chocolate muffins. That's what my belly needs right now. My belly needs the chocolate muffins. This is the language that he uses, right? And then you've got You've got Jude and Theo who are really, Jude, Jude will convince you, right? Like he will use a very complex argument to convince you that his words are words that you need to yield to. And Theo uses love and affection, and he gets really close to you, and he's more the pillow talker, right? And he's like, you know I love you, right? <laughs> you know you're my favorite. And he says things like, you're the best daddy, Right? And, and, so, and so it's, it's words, right? And we want those words. We want to hear those words. And often, more often than I should, I yield to those words. And if I'm overwhelmed and I know that I shouldn't, I say, go talk to your mother. Go talk to your mother. She rules with an iron fist. <clears throat> she's raising up great disciples. <clears throat> and she has a raised eyebrow like, you are right. We uh, have this ranking system, you know, on the parent scale, 1 to 10, and then there's an individual score, and there's a, a, a combined score, and she carries the 10. She's doing the 10, and I'm, like, bringing down the average. I'm pulling the 6 and the 7, and she's like, you're killing my average, like, you know. We're seeking counseling. <clears throat> and so... This, this, this scribe is talking to Jesus, and he's telling him words that Jesus wants to hear. And let me, let me read the, the passage, and then we'll go verse by verse. Is that okay? Let me read the passage. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. This is verse 58. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, this is the second man, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom. Verse 61, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home and my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looketh back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. So we're talking about kingdom disciples who make kingdom decisions tonight. Kingdom disciples who make kingdom decisions. Let's pray over the word. Lord, we love you. We celebrate you. Holy Spirit, we, we are grateful for your presence that's made, uh, made us aware in this room, Father. We just... Uh, ask now that, 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 Holy Spirit, you would begin to reveal truth in this room. Lord, that, oh God, that you would put a, a hunger, Lord, a hunger, Lord Jesus. Not for words, not for mere words, Lord God. Oh, Lord, but to follow, to follow you close, Lord. Help us, Lord, in this room to respond to the call of discipleship, to your call to follow after you, Lord God. We don't want religion. We don't want a religious experience. We're not satisfied to being part of a Christian group or a club or a clique. God, we want you, the real you. Amen. Amen. And so we see in our, our passage that the, this man is, is asking to follow Jesus. And Jesus does what all, Jesus always does. He gets masses of people. 
masses come to him wherever he goes. He can't separate from the masses. He tries to separate from the masses. But the glory of God is so, so, uh, he walks in such power and authority. And, and he carries such a glory of God that we see him time and time and time again going to the wilderness, right? And who shows up in the wilderness? The multitudes, right? They show up in desolate places so much so that he's got to break the bread and break the fish and feed them because if they were to return, they would perish. And so he finds himself always surrounded by the masses, always surrounded by people saying, I want to be like you. I want to follow you. Let me follow you. And he always responds with something so ridiculous. Something, something that calls their claim into question. And he says things like, if you want to follow me, get ready, because you're going to need a plate, and you're going to need a fork and a knife, and you're going to need to eat my flesh, right? Jesus, like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, I thought you were, Jesus, I, well, I thought you were a vegan. I thought you were leading the way with the hipsters, what is this, my bearded friend, right? Like, eat my flesh, drink my blood, right? What are you talking in, bro? My, my children just, just heard that. My small children just heard that, you vile man, right? And they take their children, and they begin to explain away that Jesus isn't who he says he is. That's a bad man talking about Eating flesh, cannibalism, that's not God, right? And he says things like, take up your cross. Jesus, bro, like that's, that's suicide, and that's against the law. You're telling me that I need to commit, you want me to grab an instrument of death, right? And like, so he's always, the masses are finding him, and then he pushes back on the masses and says, is what you're saying, is that pillow talk? Are you sweet-talking me right now, or is that the cry of your heart? Are you willing to follow me? And this man comes along, and he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And he looks at him, and he says, oh, yeah? Foxes. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. And I don't even know where I'm going to lay my head this night. And I know you know, scribe, I was just rejected. Ain't nobody got room for me. They ever had room for me. Is this, is this the path that you're willing to follow? And Jesus begins to expose why he really came along. Jesus, I want to follow you because you do cool stuff. I want to follow you because the masses follow you. I want to follow you because when you're around, miracles happen, and the miracles are pretty cool, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part. Of, I want to be able to catch that, on my, catch that on my Snapchat. I want to be able to post that to my Insta story that you were doing miracles and signs of wonders. I want to be around that. And all these people, they're so cool. <laughs> they're so cool, and they hug my neck, and, and, and sometimes they hold my hand, which is kind of awkward, but, you know, these Christians, and, and, and there's all of, these, there's all of this, this small group stuff that we're doing, and it's just so fun. I love the community. I want to follow you. Can I follow you, Jesus? 
And there's the blessings. I know about the blessings. I'm a scribe. I've written about them. David said, forget not your benefits. And so I really like to follow you, Jesus. And he quickly cuts to the chase. And he says, if you're following me for benefits, if you're following me for the blessings, if you're following me because you want to be a part of a group or a club, If you're following me because you hope that I'm going to answer your prayer. If you're following me because you're in a dark place right now and you need hope and you need help. If you're following me because you're hoping you're going to, that I'm going to awaken the love interest of your life. Then you need to recalibrate your reasoning for following me. This is what Jesus is saying. And some of you right now in the room are like, wait a minute, like, but, um, but I thought that there were blessings when I follow the Lord. And I thought that if I did allow him to order my steps, then he would awaken the love interests of my life. And I thought that uh, being a part of a cool hippie club, Jesus club would be really cool. And like uh, side hugs are side hugs. Side, can you say side hugs? Side hugs are really like, I do like those. And, and I, I kind of like, I kind of like being a part of a clique or a group. I mean, because like you've already said yourself, uh, Pastor Matt, that like we're built for like connection and like that's what the church is for and we're supposed to grow in community that's where we find identity that's where we find purpose and and that's where we find healing is in community and so what are you saying that's not the purpose of us gathering is for all of those things those are benefits of those things but Jesus said if you're following me for that reason you're following me for the wrong reason and I need you to go back home because I need to follow I need you to follow me because you love me and me alone if you love me with the benefits or without the benefits, because I'm heading to Jerusalem and there's a cross for me in Jerusalem and it's going to get dark and I need you to follow me because you're for me, me and nothing else. I need you to follow me because you're committed. You're committed to this relationship. You're committed to the call of discipleship. You're committed to living a life in which yours will begin to look more and more and more like mine. I need you to follow me because you're willing to be rejected like I was just rejected. I need you to follow me because there are going to be times when the money's not coming in and the resource isn't coming in. And there are going to be times when the people in your life who are supposed to love you are going to turn their back on you. And there are going to be times when the journey is uphill and it's not downhill and there are going to be times when when you're going to sweat and you're going to cry and there's going to be blood and there's going to be tears and I want to know are you with me or are you going to turn your back like everybody else when it gets difficult when it gets confusing when you don't understand how I begin to move and work and when your mind your finite mind cannot comprehend the godness of me are you going to turn your back or are you going to follow me because you're madly in love with me? Because you trust me. Because you trust my goodness. Because you trust my holiness. Because you trust that I am God. I and I alone am God. Because my word is true. And although it looks like darkness, you know that I will come through for you. Yes. Why are you sweet talking to me right now? Why are you telling me you love me? I need to know. Jesus says... To the scribe. And I would ask you, why are you here? Why are you here? Some of you are, you don't even, this is your first time to church, and you're like, what is wrong with this person? I'm not talking to you. We want you here. We want you to come back often. I'm talking about, I'm talking to the people who claim Jesus. 
and you've been doing this for a while. Why are you here? Why are you here? Are you committed to the growth process? Are you committed to becoming a disciple of Jesus? Or are you going to be counted among the masses that wear the name of Jesus? You could be counted among the masses who, who bear his, who wave his banner, but lack the power, lack the love, lack the patience, lack the kindness, lack the reach, lack the, the vision and the want and the desire for kingdom. Jesus says, I can't have I can't have fanboys. I need people who are willing to get on the battlefield with me. I can't just have people that want to clap their hands and jump up and down and say, Jesus, you're good. You're so good. And all the time you're good. And I love you. Revival. Jesus, your spirit now. Come. And we get so bold in settings like this, right? Talking about revival. And every day he plants you in the middle of darkness. He says, now be revival. Now be light. And all of a sudden we're, all of a sudden we're looking everywhere and we're trying to fit in and we're trying, to, trying not to stand out and we don't want anybody to see us and, and we can't invite anybody. We can't tell anybody about Jesus. We can't, we can't, we gotta hide and we gotta, we gotta cloak who we really are or who we claim to be. And Jesus says, I want to release kingdom in you. And when it is going to happen, you can't be about me for my benefits. It's not what I can do for you. It's what I've already done. It's what I'm getting ready to do just in a few short days. And he comes to another man. The Bible says, and same story. I want to follow you. Jesus is still moving forward because he's always moving forward. Tell your neighbor he's always moving forward. He's always growing. And somebody else comes along. I want to follow you. You're the best, Jesus. You're the best. I heard about Lazarus. That was crazy. You're the best. I heard about the water and the wine thing. Can you come over? You're the best. Jesus says, you want to follow me? Because, again, Jesus responds to who the man really is, not who he's saying he is. And he says, come forward. And the man says, okay, but wait, just hold on. I didn't expect you to say yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know you're actually going to say Yes. Like, I just said, I want to follow you, and you're supposed to, like, we were supposed to have, like, a training program, and I was supposed to go to the academy for four weeks, and then maybe the eight-week step for the leadership, but now you're saying I'm just supposed to follow you right now? Like, I don't know about this. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, I heard what you just told my boy back there. You said you don't have a place to sleep. And so um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to just say... Um, let me, let me go, and I'm going to, um, I got to bury my dad. I want to bury him because my dad's going to die, and I need to bury him when he dies. 
And I tell you what, Jesus, <clears throat> you don't have a place to sleep, but I'm going to have money because I'm going to have an inheritance. And we're going to have a place to sleep, and we're going to do kingdom after I get it all together, okay? So just give me some time. Give me some space. We'll talk about the four-week program, then the eight-step program. And I'm going to have money, and we'll have a place to, we'll have a place to lay our heads, and it won't be like the, it'll be better than the foxes, actually, and the birds in the air. And this is what the guy's saying. And most theologians agree that the man's father was not dead. Which is why Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Meaning, how, you understand that the dead can't bury the dead? Jesus wasn't saying, don't bury your, 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 your father. Don't let him just stay there on the surface and then, like, disrespect your, your, your fallen father. Okay? Your deceased father. That's not what he was saying to do. Burial was actually a very holy thing, a very significant thing. And he would have never done that. He says, let the dead bury the dead. Leave the dead things to the dead people. Those who have not heard or answered the call to kingdom, the dead ones, the spiritually dead. Let them take care of non-kingdom stuff, the dead things. This is what Jesus was saying. Don't spend your life chasing significance from some inheritance that maybe you might get or some financial increase. You've just received the call to kingdom. The Spirit of God is alive in you. And I didn't call the Spirit, I didn't call disciples to bury things. I called my disciples to raise things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the dead bury the dead, but you follow me this day, and you'll be among those who raise the dead. I need you to be about the kingdom. I need you to trust my resource. I need you to trust my provision. I need you to trust my word. My word will perform itself. It doesn't need your addition. It doesn't need your, your, your confirmation. You just need to accept my word, and it'll do its part. And, and so he, see, he begins to lay out. He says the dead will bury the dead, but those who are alive in the kingdom will raise the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm calling you to step into dead situations and breathe the breath of life. I'm calling you to call those things that are not as though they were. I'm calling you to prophesy to the wind. I'm calling you to prophesy to the dry bones and see if a mighty army doesn't arise. Why are you, why are you sweet talking to me? If you're not willing to abandon security, that's what he's talking to him about. Security. Where I'm comfortable, where I'm safe. 
And there's people in this room, young people across this house. You said, I'll follow you. But the moment the call to kingdom becomes uncomfortable, you keep your mouth shut. And God brings mighty miracles your way in your body and your family. And you keep your mouth shut. And you've entered into a season where you're back into a classroom surrounded by darkness, surrounded by dead people. You've got 30 dead people in a room and one living that's called and planted to bring life. But instead, you act as though you're dead. Well, they don't want to hear it. That's the biggest lie from Satan if I've ever heard it. And so this world is desperate for truth. You telling me you're surrounded by 30 plus people in a room that are on that are on 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 a regiment of medication that are that are self-harming on the regular, that are cloaked in depression and anxiety. They're not they're not they're not shunning the truth. They're looking for somebody who has the truth. Do you have the truth? Or are you just wearing the t-shirt? Are you just a sweet talker? Do you have what you claim to have? Because if you've fallen in line with kingdom, you are releasing kingdom. And the call to discipleship is not just to look like Christ, but to make others look like Christ. To make others look like Christ. And at last check, Christ is whole. And he knows no lack. And he plants me among people who have great lack and who are broken. And he says, release kingdom. Release kingdom. But it will cost you security. It will cost you stepping out of comfort zone. Holy Spirit will come to you and has come to you already and has spoken to you about people about circumstances, spoken to you about. Some of you, it's as simple as, look, I, I, don't, I don't buy the notion that, that you are, as a believer, your only duty is to, call, is to invite people to church, right? Like, and then let the pastor deal with it. <clears throat> um, the, 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 but that said, sometimes that's all you need to do. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, and prompts you to invite someone to the house of the Lord, to Zion, <clears throat> then your response ought to be one of faithfulness and obedience and make the invitation, right? And what you're going to find out is as you begin to live the life of disciple, of a disciple in front of that person that you are inviting, they're going to begin to take note. There's something different about you Something different about you in the middle of your chaos and you stay steady. Something different about you in the middle of your trauma. You seem to be little affected. In the middle, uh, in the middle of your wounds and you still have joy. And there's a hunger on the inside and they say, I want what you want, what you have. And so sometimes some of you have invited, some of you guys invited people. How many of y'all invited somebody? As, don't raise your hand. Don't do it. All right, raise your hand. You invited somebody tonight. Look down. Don't look around. You invited somebody tonight. You invited somebody tonight. Okay, if they didn't come, <laughs> if they didn't come, okay, it's all right. You did your part in being obedient, right? But do you understand that people don't have to come to this place to encounter the living God? 
as a disciple, you, the goal is, is that you look like Christ. And if they've encountered you, they've encountered, they've encountered God. Let me go. Let me go bury, bury my dad. And let me take care of, let me get all my stuff in line. After I, after I finish school, then I'll devote myself completely to you. Um, after I get through this phase, this phase, or I'm in a relationship with this girl, and as soon as I get get this thing taken care of, and and after after I've got these issues that I'm carrying, and as soon as I get these, it, do you understand that God's invitation is right where you're at with what you have? He doesn't He doesn't ask you to go back and get anything together or anything in order or anything in line. Isn't that Isn't that liberating? To know that I don't have to go home and wait for my dad to die and have some resource to be effective in the kingdom. That he is my resource and that he invites me to be a disciple and he invites me to release kingdom just as I am right where I'm at. Right where you're at. Some of you have bought the lie that, that the Lord can't use you and he won't use you. Maybe one day, maybe one day he will. Right, but you need some more time in the Word. You need some more time. Uh, you need some more time in 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 uh, 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 holy in this 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 sanctified sanctified state. Right, like you need to be sanctified. Right, which isn't like an actual thing. Like it's a process. It's not an event. And so, but as soon as I get sanctified, then then the Lord is going to the Lord is going to use me in a great way, and I'm looking forward to that day when He. You're just like the one who's trying to go back for another day and another time. And he says, right now. Right now. He's waiting on you to say yes. Yes. I will follow you. I will let the dead bury the dead. And I'll walk awakened to kingdom things. And he comes to the third guy. A third man. <clears throat> same, same story. Same story. Yeshua, 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 yes, 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 I'll follow you, Yeshua. That's his Hebrew name. Like, that's what he would have said in Aramaic. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. I feel like Publisher Clearinghouse. I feel like this is my moment. This is my opportunity. And I want to step into it. And I feel this. And I feel this. And I feel this, and I feel, and yes, I'll follow you. And Jesus says, get in line. And, and, and dude's like, uh, okay, uh, I got to go and say goodbye to my, my family and my friends because I love them, and it would be really rude for me to just, to just follow you and not um, make sure it's okay with, with everybody else. I gotta make sure it's okay. I gotta make sure my friends are still gonna be my friends if I follow you. If I say yes to you, I gotta make sure that I have their stamp of approval on my back. If if I say yes to you, what if it means that people are gonna walk out on me? I don't know if I can, if I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I wanna talk to them and see though, and we'll see. You got me in a sitch. This is a big sitch. Let me spend some time working through the sitch. And I'm going to get back with you, Jesus. And this is actually a parallel to the invitation to Elijah, or Elisha by Elijah. And Elijah, who's heartbroken, because Elijah said, let me go back. 
And Jesus responds and he says, no man who puts his hand to the plow. Oh, did you get that? Like, is that recorded? Is that what? You're right? No? Okay. All right. So, um, I don't know. I had this moment. Um, No man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. The third character. No man who puts his hand to the plow. And what he was referencing was the physical plow, your left hand on the plow, your right hand with the poker, and you're poking that oxen, right, making sure he's in a straight line, your eyes set on your destination, making sure, making sure a line in your field is straight. And he says, no man who looks back. You ever tried to mow grass with lines, like have lines, right? And so the key, this is when I give you the key to a straight line, right? You want straight lines? You got to set your eyes on a target and you got to focus and you just got to go. Don't look down. Don't look. Don't look to the left, to the right. Don't look down at your line right here. You got to focus on find some point of focus and go straight to that, and you'll have a beautiful straight line. Is it true? Now I don't know if you know this about uh, about uh, Brother Russell back there, but he is he actually used to do work on golf courses, and used to make sure that this is why he's a freak when it comes to. Uh, the lawn. Some of you guys have tried to help him out at the camp, and you've mowed, and then he went back and mowed on top of what you mowed. Has that happened before? Yeah, because he's got like this thing, like, oh, that's not right. I'll fix that because they went too fast, um, and they weren't careful. So I'm gonna go back and do it. I went back back and do it right. And these lines, the, look at these lines. Like these are not lines. These are terrible. And so he, this is actually what he does, right? So what's the key? The key is to set your eyes on something, because whatever you perceive, right, your perception, I want to steal a line from pastor, your perception precedes your destination, and it's what you set your eyes on is what you're going to walk towards, and when you begin to look back, your line's going to go crooked, and why does that matter? Why does that matter? I'll tell you why it matters. I need the church to hear this. The reason why it matters is because you're sacrificing harvest every time you cause that line to cross over into another row or another line. If you can't have a straight line, then you can't have as much seed in the ground, which limits your harvest. And some of you are trying to figure out why there hasn't been, it hasn't been fruit when the Lord has promised not just fruit, but much fruit from your life and fruit that will remain. And you can't figure out why there's not fruit. And I come to tell you, it's because you keep looking back You keep looking back at a past life. You keep looking back at things that seem appealing. You keep allowing distractions to come in from the left and from the right. And all the while you're sacrificing harvest. Don't look back. The word says look up. Look up and see. 
that the fields are white already for harvest. Look up. Quit looking back. Quit second-guessing God's plan, God's purpose. Quit looking back and second-guessing your qualification by the blood of Christ Jesus. The fields are ripe. There's a great harvest for you. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to follow Jesus. I know it's going to be a cost. I know it's going to be a great cost, but there's a great harvest ahead. That was better than you responded. And so in chapter 10, the Bible says, can anybody be a disciple then? In chapter 10, we see. Yeah, we see there's 72 that's sent out. 72 disciples. Why 72? Most theologians agree that 72 disciples because 72 nations. Each man carrying the glory of God for every point in the earth. Do you know that the Holy Spirit, even in this moment, is hovering over your sphere of influence, waiting for you to believe that you are the answer, waiting for you to come into alignment with Holy Spirit so that Holy Spirit can do the work that Holy Spirit wants to do, but he can't until you come in alignment and agreement with what he's already said over your home, over your school, over your city, over your future, over your past. Come into alignment with his word. Quit looking back. 72 sent out 72 nations, 72 answers, 72 revivals, 72 men who carried everything that was needed for an in-day harvest of souls. And in this room, the same is true. We've got enough in this room. We've got enough in this room to satisfy every sphere of influence that's represented. And yes, it requires some moving. Yes, it requires some, uh, some, some, some leaving where you're at and going to, to where the Lord is going. He's always moving, always forward, always forward, never stationary. But go with this that a harvest awaits you if you'll but say yes. Yes, Lord, I won't look back at past. Yes, Lord, I won't look to some other time or provision when I'm more qualified. Yes, Lord, I won't be occupied with dead things, but I'm going to be occupied with with bringing that which is dead back to life. I'll be committed to a life of discipleship. Oh, and it's worth it. It's worth it. I can tell you about the story of the man who found the treasure hidden in the earth, who runs to town and sells all that he has and everybody said he was crazy. What are you doing selling all that you have? There's nothing in that land. There's nothing in that plot of land that you've picked to purchase. Oh, but you don't know. You haven't seen what I've seen. You've not experienced what I've experienced. You've not seen. There there is treasure that eye has not seen or ear has heard. Oh, it's a great treasure. It's worth all the cost of this world. Oh, to find Jesus and to find find him to find him in the secret place of intimacy hallelujah to god disciples disciples are you sweet talking jesus tonight are you good at pillow talking are you responding are you going to respond he looks for disciples looks for disciples does he make whole he does If you're in a dark place, there's good news. There's good news. Every dark place he stepped into, the Bible says the darkness could not stop it. 
just could not stop it, could not be comprehended. And so it doesn't matter how dark the situation is that you brought into the room. If you'll yield it to the Lord, there's not a devil in hell that can resist the goodness of God. Hallelujah. The love of Christ that is for you. It's not a devil in hell that can keep you if you'll say, Lord, it's not lip service. Not a simple prayer. Not a simple prayer of salvation. Lord, I'm ready for discipleship. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to mature. I'm ready to allow you to develop me. I'm ready to allow you, Holy Spirit, to speak to areas of my heart and my life that I've long held on to. I want my harvest. I want my harvest to be full. I want my harvest to be full. Do you understand the weight of that? Do you understand that destinies are dependent on you not looking back? Oh, somebody else will, somebody else will do it. The Bible says he looked for a man to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge. And he found none. He found none. Oh, let it not be said of me. Let it not be said of me. Jesus, let it not be said of me. Bow your heads across this room. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we see you walking. We see you moving forward, Father. Just like these three men, Lord, we see you, Father. We recognize that you've long gone to the place of ultimate sacrifice for us. That you bore the cross. That you bore the shame, Father. That your your body, Lord, bore the price, Father, for our sin, for our sickness, Lord. For our wholeness and for our salvation. We recognize that. We see you. And God, give us us some, some authentic believers in the room who aren't about lip service. Oh, but God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of them is pushing them, is compelling them out of a place of comfort and security, pushing them out of a place of longing for a life that once was. Oh, let it push. That Holy Spirit draw like He pushed the 120 out of the upper room and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Let there be a push, a drawing, Lord, by you, an invitation. Oh, let it, let us feel it, God, in this room. Hallelujah. Not interested in being part of a group, but Lord, we want to be a part of the kingdom. We want to release the kingdom. Hallelujah. Let us not buy into buy into the the trick that we can be revivalists at some other time in some other place with more qualifications but Lord the invitation is now and Lord we ask right now that you begin to minister Lord to those who come this way tonight who aren't living their life for you who've never responded to the call to discipleship never responded to, to a call to surrender their all to you Lord I pray Holy Spirit just begin to reveal your love your love in such a real way. Begin to show them, Father, that the reason why we respond to you with our all is because you responded to us with your all. You gave it all. You gave it all for us, Jesus. Thanks for checking out the Haven Youth Church Podcast. If this message encouraged you, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and even consider sharing this podcast. 
reach out to us on social media at Haven Youth Church. Break the flow, be the change.